Welcome to the Agent Success Podcast, where we talk about how to grow, prosper, and innovate in your real estate business. Learn how to find your ideal client, generate leads, and convert more sales from other agents in the business. My name is Brooke. I'm your host, and I hope you gain a ton of value from today's episode. Let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Agent Success Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. With me today on the show, I have Elizabeth and Brendan Davis, and I have to admit, this is quite a unique show, much different than from what I normally do. Instead of talking about real estate sales, we're actually talking about short-term rental management. Um, Brendan and Elizabeth opened up a company in the Smoky Mountains, and this is what they do. This is what they specialize in. And they took us down the path of how they started it, how it's going, and where they hope to go with it. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode. And without further ado, let's go. So I wanted to do real estate since I was in high school. Um, you know, I was kind of like in the home ec like class and they were like, what would you like to do when you grow up? Everybody, you know, had all these college degrees and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, I want to be a luxury real estate agent. <laughs> and I loved watching like all the shows on TV. You know, they make it look so glamorous and they don't show the stress. Yes. But I was just like, I want to do that. And everybody was like, you're crazy. Go to college. <laughs> and I was just like darn okay so I tried the whole college thing and it just was not for me Um, but I absolutely love real estate and I don't think I would have made the leap if Brendan hadn't done it first. Mm. Did you did you know somebody like back in high school that was in the real estate industry or was it just like what you had seen on TV essentially? Just what I had seen on TV Um, and then we bought our first house we weren't married yet so I guess he bought it Um, but we used a girl that I went to high school with and she was just talking to us about it, you know, about all the freedom that it gave her, how she was able to spend time with her kids. Um, and it just really was something that I wanted to do um, because I had worked in the restaurant industry since I was 16, became a manager at 18, um, you know, and it was 45-hour weeks. And that was a lot, Yeah, 14-hour shifts. And I just, I knew I couldn't do that forever. I did not want to do it forever. Um, so once she talked to us about like how much she enjoyed it, I was just like, you know, I really want to get into it. I honestly had no aspirations or anything of ever doing it. I just, when I, you know, did the real estate transaction of purchasing my own home, I think it kind of planted the seed. Um, and I just, there was another person I was working with who had also got their license and I talked to him some about it and I was like, well, this might be a good way to, you know, make a little extra money on the side or something like that. So I just took the test, got my license um, and started doing it. Cause you have a full-time job, right? I do. And that is? I'm in law enforcement. So that's a tough job to have. How long have you been in that industry? Since 2013. And I'm sure it looks a lot different today than it did when you first got into it, right? Like what you do. It does. I've changed jobs a little bit since then. I started off doing, you know, some corrections type stuff. Um, I did some civil process, courthouse security and patrol. Yeah. Different things. So it's 
it's been I've went through a lot of different phases of it, I guess, and the time I've been doing it. So you had like um y'all bought the house together. I know that your conversations with the real estate agent was inspiring to you. It sounded intriguing and then you thought, well, I could do this while I work my full time job, essentially just like a second stream of income. Was that easy to like commingle or did you have a hard time kind of doing both at once or has it been relatively easy? It was actually it wasn't very bad. My um, schedule at the time was I was off probably 13, 14 days a month. So I had really I had a lot of time to be able to to do both at once. So I don't I don't think it was really that, that part wasn't really a struggle. But like with him being in law enforcement, it's actually kind of it's helped some because it's almost kind of like your own kind of sphere. Um, and so I mean, there are a lot of law enforcement officers in real estate. I mean, we know quite a few just here in town. Um, but it's a good thing because, you know, the guy's on his shift or, you know, someone that he knows, they're like, oh, I'm looking to buy a house. And then, you know, it's just it kind of puts us into that little group. Y'all have like a unique approach to real estate, like mostly you, Elizabeth, you're doing like traditional transactions as well. But you guys had like a unique mindset. It wasn't just like we want to be real estate agents. It was like we want to own a business and kind of go down this different pathway. So definitely want to share with the listeners what y'all are working on. I think it's very exciting and I think it's inspiring and it's just like a different take on being an agent and what's possible. So do y'all want to just tell the listeners a little bit like about what you guys have going on? Sure. So we own Magnolia Vacation Rentals. It is a vacation rental management company. Um, right now we're in East Tennessee. So the Great Smoky Mountains, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, Cosby. Um, so we manage a portfolio of vacation rentals there. We also have, um, we're in the developing still the, I would say, I wouldn't say beginning stages. We're kind of closing on finishing the real estate team that specifically focuses on selling short-term rentals in that area at the moment. Um, We plan on expanding that to other areas in the future. And myself and a couple other photographers are also working on a media company on short-term rentals as well. You guys are doing, you have like these three different branches that you just mentioned and all of it is like a well-oiled machine. So like you have your ideal client in mind, that's the short-term real estate investor, and you guys are trying to serve them in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. It's like a one-stop shop. Yeah, and it'll just overall make it easier for them because, like Brennan said, we're kind of in the not beginning stages, but still developing all this other stuff. So it's we want it to be a standard throughout. So instead of you know if they use their own photographers or something like that none of the some of the pictures could just be completely different as opposed to if we use our media company for everything they're going to be the same feel the same vibe um and you know it's just important to have real estate agents who know how the market works trying to you know get the clientele and everything like that but it's really hard for these owners and these property management companies if the real estate um, agent is not educated on the numbers of the rental, um, kind of the flow, just the operation of it all, because they could set unrealistic expectations for the owners. Yeah. So you guys being 
already in the business of property management. There you, uh, you're you servicing the investors, but you're seeing that these investors, after the fact that they're coming to you looking for your management services, that they've had like kind of a rough interaction with their agents. Maybe their agents didn't understand the ins and outs. Yeah, so I think people were just kind of bought into the hype on social media without really doing the research. And I've it seems like there's been a lot of agents who aren't fully educating the buyers on the expense of in the day-to-day operations of owning a short-term rental. And I think with us actively managing them, it kind of gives us the knowledge to pass on to the owners, you know, and all that goes into like that property being a good deal or not. We can generally look at a property, you know, know kind of the location, how old it is, potential things that we've seen before that are going to happen and give that owner an idea of, you know, hey, this is a great one. We need to have some reserves, though, for potential repairs, or this one's going to need a whole remodel before it performs, you know, at its best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you guys choose the market? Was it just because it's close and that made sense, or why did you guys decide, like, the Smokies in that area would be good to open up your operation? It's kind of resilient to a lot of economic factors historically. Um, you can actually get on the National Park website, and you can see yearly how many visitors are there. And, you know, it seems like no matter what factors are happening in the economy, there's still millions and millions of people traveling there every year. Um, It just has that historic volume of travelers constantly. And it seems like I I think it's one of the best places to own a short-term rental. You guys want to expand into other markets, though, as well, right? So what would be the key factors that you'd look at if you were going to choose a new market? So we're staying away from any type of big city markets. Those tend to be the ones where the city typically will pass ordinances and things to ban short-term rentals. So we look for markets that are tourist-centered to where the economy thrives on that tourism. So, you know, a place like the Smoky Mountains or, you know, any beach location that people typically travel to if the city's decided, hey, we're going to ban, you know, Airbnbs and short-term rentals, it would be devastating to the sure. the economy. And it's, those tend to be a very a much safer bet. Mm. That makes sense. I hear what you're saying. Do you guys think that the short-term market is becoming oversaturated? You know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that influencers, the internet, they're selling people the dream. There's a lot of content out there that says, buy a short-term rental. It's going to cash flow so much more than a regular long-term rental, and you have the opportunity to basically 10x your cash flow. Therefore, there was like a massive influx of people buying more short-term rentals. How have you guys seen that affect your market, and do you think it's oversaturated? I don't think it's oversaturated. I think there's definitely a lot more than there were because of what we had just spoken about. But I think it's become more challenging. I think I hear oversaturated all the time on all the Facebook groups, and I almost think it's people are using it as a, people that are being lazy with their short-term rentals are mm. using it as an excuse of why they're not performing well. It's definitely more challenging. So if you're a person that puts your listing on Airbnb and leaves it, just lets it be, then definitely going to see a huge reduction of. If you're actively managing, you're actively updating your you're monitoring on a routine basis and looking at things they're doing, features they're adding, and things like that, and you're doing the same thing to the market, then you're going to be fine. What are some of the mistakes that, or 
maybe just like misunderstandings that people have about Airbnb that you guys are seeing like, okay, so they hear about the hype, they get into it. They can run a great Airbnb if they're doing it right. But what are the mistakes that you guys are seeing that people are doing that they're not doing it right? The biggest thing that I think I've seen is, I think just especially in our market, it's just the expectation that anything is just going to, you can put anything on there and it's just going to instantly book now. Um, some of the older properties and stuff like that that haven't been updated don't have as much to offer, aren't going to perform as well. And I think there's just a lot of that, well, if I buy it, it's just going to automatically make money. So what do you guys do then to make it? So let's say I'm a client. I have an Airbnb up in the Smokies and it's not performing well. Like you guys have obviously seen ones that have done really well, ones that are not doing very well. Somebody has one, they're coming to you seeking your guidance. What are going to be some of the things if, that you're going to recommend that they do in order to, you know, get it up to par where it's operating? One thing that is pretty standard in the Smoky Mountains whenever you get a cabin is that there's going to be a hot tub. Um, a lot of people, they want to have the experience at the cabin um, because if you're just going there to sleep, I mean, a hotel works fine. A lot of people, they want to be at the cabin so they can cook meals, they can have fun there, and not necessarily spend all their money out in the town. So, you know, hot tubs are super important there. Gaming um, systems, not necessarily like an um, Xbox or a PlayStation, um, more of like the Miss Pac-Man games, mm-hmm. um, board games, puzzles. Um, so, for instance, we had an owner who was unable to get a hot tub at their property. It just did not work um, for the landscaping. They were on a well. It was just a little difficult for them. Um, so it just was not performing great. So what we did is we introduced the idea to them about being pet friendly. Mm. Um, once we, you know, introduced it to them, they were all good for the pet friendly. We introduced it online to Airbnb, and it has done phenomenal. Um, it's probably one without, of our best performing. Yeah. So even without that hot tub, we added in that they could bring their pets, and that just goes to a whole specific group of people now because it's a very aesthetically pleasing place. It doesn't have as many amenities as some of our other ones, but just being able to bring your pets is a whole different ball game. That makes sense. Did you guys do anything? Like, was there any amenities for pets there, or did you literally just put you can bring your pets and that was all you needed to do? We're working on that. I think we've we've had a discussion because we, now we've got a few pet pet friendly properties. Yeah. I've had that discussion with a few owners. I think that's if it were me, I would go all in. Like if I'm gonna go pet friendly, I'm just gonna go have all types of pet amenities there and just I think that would be just a unique It would. That's kinda what I was thing, thinking. And I think yeah. it would I think it would book like crazy. Yeah. That would be interesting because not only are you saying you can bring your pets, but you can bring your pets and we're going to treat them like mm-hmm. we got them covered. I feel like people would love that. They'd eat it up. Yeah. And people that bring their pets, they're less likely going to cancel on you mm. because because that group is so small. If they cancel and try and find somewhere better, it's going to be hard because mm. a lot of people with pets, they book out in advance because they know that it's going to be hard to find a property that they like and that is going to be able to bring their pet. Hmm. As opposed to some of, like, our condos and stuff, we get a lot of last-minute bookings with them. Pets, we don't really see that a whole lot. Interesting. That's interesting insight. I just want to take it back, like, a quick second. We totally dove into all this, which I love. I'm eating it up. But I am just curious, like, 
y'all got your real estate licenses. You guys were going down that path. You guys decided to open up a property management, short-term property management company in like the Smokies area. What was like the, that's a good idea. We're going to do that, pursue it. It is a unique angle. So I'm curious what happened there. What inspired you? So that's always been my favorite area. <laughs> just in general, like I just, I've been going there ever since I was a kid with my grandparents and parents. And I just, I don't know, I just always loved it. There was just something about it. And I just crave going there all the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we first went to that brokerage, they already had a property management company. I think that was a good place for me to really be to start out with because I got to see, instead of going to, you know, some brokerages that only sell real estate, I was able to see that there's so much more that you can do yeah um when you get into real estate so um we were really we had kind of got in honestly like everybody else we kind of bought into the hype so i was like oh i want to buy a cabin or a short-term rental over here so i was like well the first thing i need to do obviously before i go down one of these ventures is i need to learn how to what am i going to do if i get one i've got to you know manage it and operate it so i just started learning everything i could about Managing short managing a short term rental. When I was learning it, I didn't want to open up a management company. I just wanted to manage my own. Sure. And because I just wanted to be fully prepared. I think when you get into that big of an investment, you need to know what you're doing before you just dive in and hope for the best. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time educating myself, and that kind of turned into you know what I could do this for other people, and it would mm. be it would be very profitable and it less risky, honestly, mm. on my end. That's interesting. How did you guys, so this was all recent. Y'all have been in business for like a couple years. You're still relatively new in the space. Um, how did y'all get your first client like being kind of fresh out the gate? So the pro yeah, the property management company has actually been in business for a year. A year? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so we, once we got everything finished, all the, you know, legal stuff to make us a, actual company we started making i think you made some canva ads yeah facebook groups are your best friend mm -hmm. for everything like there is so many facebook groups out there especially for the smokies so there is a group and it's like um services for short-term rental owners in the smokies mm -hmm. so i just made some canva ads and i put it out there and you know obviously we offered a much lower rate than the existing property management companies were over there sure and we found this guy, and he had just bought this cabin, and he was in the middle of renovating. He was like, I'm in the search for a property management company. And yeah, you yeah, him? he took a chance on us. Yeah, you know, I remember handing him a contract, and he was like, so you guys have never done this before. <laughs> and we're like, no, sir, we have it. He's like, I'm not going to lie. He's like, that kind of scares me. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> But then, you know, he took a chance on us, and it ended up being a great performing property. That's awesome. It did great, and then I think maybe a few months later, we got another guy contacted us off Facebook, got a few more, and, mm -hmm. you know, a year later now, we're at 20, and it's looking like we'll be at 25 before the year's over. You guys, okay, so, like, Facebook, you're just putting it out there, and then people naturally were able to find you because mm -hmm. you were putting it out there. You are being strategic with the groups and stuff. 
But then you guys have gotten referrals now too. We've from gotten your... a lot. That's where almost everything's coming from. Yeah, that's great. Word of mouth referrals, like happy customers, um, obviously are going to bring more if you're doing a good job. It sounds like there's a need for it. I know you guys said that there's some other companies over there that are doing it, maybe like actual brokerages, and that's not their maybe main focus, and therefore it kind of shows in their work, right? So like y'all are hungry, very. Uh, specific about what you're trying to do. You're trying to increase bookings, make their um, listings more desirable, and therefore your work's paying off essentially, right? Yeah. And so and during COVID, a lot of people, like Brandon said, bought into the let's buy a cabin, and then they didn't want to manage it themselves. So they found people on Facebook that weren't properly licensed. That's something that's super important when you're finding a management company is that they are properly licensed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, I've had my very own small experience with Airbnb, nothing like a vacation rental area. I know it's a totally different beast. I know cleaners are just virtually everything when it comes to Airbnb, right? Everything. So how are you guys like sourcing cleaners, handling that biggest like kind of beast as far as it pertains to Airbnb? That is extremely hard. Um, We've had several that haven't worked out. Um, So we just kind of, some of it is, you know, references, um, but we just kind of put it out there and say, hey, like we're looking for and, like, right now we're in a situation where we're looking for more again because as we expand, I, I like to have more people on hand than I actually need because you never know when that next contract with 10 of them is going to show up and you need sure. to be prepared. Um, yeah, so we, a lot of it is just kind of doing interviews. Um, we interview in person pretty much everyone that, you know, we hire to do a task like that. Um, we'll, you know, get references, like, how many people they clean for. Um, And we'd usually try to talk to each one of those companies, like, you know, what's your experience been like with them? How are your reviews been? Things like that. Um, Because it's, they will make or break business. We do a lot of surprise inspections. So we'll come in behind cleans, um, just kind of do a a lot of quality control. If we see something, we'll point it out. For the most part, all your good ones over there, they know the industry. Sure. They they know the industry as well as any property manager yeah. or anything. They know what makes a stay good. They know what doesn't. They know what amenities need to be provided, ones that don't. Um, so a lot of – if you have someone good, you don't, in our experience at least, you don't really have to so much worry about that. But we will. Like we'll have a conversation to let them know what our standards are, um, things like that. And it's usually – it usually always aligns with what they normally do to begin with. And then, like I said, we'll go behind, and we kind of have our own checklist of things that we check. And usually, you know, nine times out of ten, everything's good. So we don't really have any issues. How do you guys find the cleaners? Like, do you post job postings? Do you... Yeah, we get in the Facebook groups, so there's... That Those area, Facebook groups. Huh? I know it's they're so you. they're so useful because there's one for everything over there. There's stuff yeah. for maintenance. There's mm. stuff for marketing. There's specific Facebook groups of cleaners that clean short-term rentals. So you can go in there and you can post, "Hey, I need I'm looking for you know a cleaning crew for you know this many properties." You know, shoot me a message, and then of course you get fifty messages, sure. and you have to like go through and sort through all of them. Like, all right. 
Um, so it's super easy to find. Yeah. But then you then you know it takes takes a while to find the right fit. Sure. Easy to find some candidates, hard to find the right one and the one that will stay. And then I'm sure like a month later you're having to find another one or mm-hmm. something because that's just been my experience. Um, I know that the cleaners are just everything. I wanted to switch gears a tiny bit. I just wanted to talk about the team that y'all are trying to put together. Like, I'm not sure at what stage you guys tell me just like a little bit more about vision and maybe kind of the stage that you guys are at with the team. Yes. Yeah, so um, I've got one person who's on board. Um, ready to go. I think our our kind of vision is to just have agents that, you know, there already there's already a ton of great agents out there. Don't get me wrong, but I I'd love to have some agents that are very very well versed in the day to day operations of owning a short term rental. Um, so my goal is to be able to you know teach these things to agents like here here's the reality of owning a vacation rental in the Smoky Mountains versus what you see on YouTube and TikTok because there's some good accounts on there, but there's also a lot of stuff on there that's just like that's – it doesn't work like that, you know? Yeah. So I want – my overall goal is just to have agents who can actually set up investors for true success, you know, and, you know, make sure they're in the right position to buy in the first place because, um, you know, I think – I think it's important to have at least three to four months worth of expenses saved up in a separate account if you're going to own one of those things, especially with a mortgage, because it's not because of not if, you know, the mortgage is already making it tight. Well, what's going to happen when that hot tub breaks down and you've got to spend two thousand dollars to repair that or the hot water heater goes out? I mean, we had a one time we had a guest checking in and there was the showers, one of the pipes burst in the into the floor and then you know you've got to get somebody or a ceiling get up there and that's super expensive and if you're not prepared for those things that are going to happen it can really hurt an owner yeah did you do you plan to just like have a training series for these agents or how do you plan to go about making sure they know all these things that's what i've been doing with the person that's on board now we've just kind of been having some training sessions um he comes over and we just kind of go over kind of the day-to-day operations of what I do, what it looks like to own one of these things. I can kind of show them, like, here's some expenses that we've had in the past. Here are going to be some things to show your clients to look for. Here's some things you want to look for as an agent when you're walking through those properties. And it's been, you know, here's, like, some primary areas that perform the best. These properties over here perform okay. You know, not that they're a bad deal, but just things to consider, like it's not going to perform as best as maybe something on Ski Mountain Road. Sure. So going through a lot of that, and the overall goal is to probably just have big meetings and big training sessions. Yeah, definitely. Um, if somebody's listening to this and they're, like, interested in what y'all got going on, because it's interesting. Also, property management, I feel like general is, like, on the rise in general right now, long-term, short-term. But would somebody – what do you recommend somebody that's interested in, like, getting this started and they want to do it? Like, how do you recommend they go about just getting started? Yeah, as far as the property management company, obviously, first thing, if you want to do short-term rentals is go through Trek get your license, get all that stuff set up, and then just educate yourself as much as you can and look at people like us and these other companies that are performing well. Look at your competition, see what they're doing, and just learn everything you can. And I think that's... Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be like everybody else. Um, You kind of want to have some stuff that will set you apart. 
Um, but I do think that you can look at these bigger companies and take what they're doing as, you know, either inspiration or a learning experience on what you don't want to do. And I would also say just don't be afraid to be creative, you know. Obviously, like, this is something we, we looked at all these other different management companies and we're like, oh, I like that, but what if we did this instead? What if we, you know, you know, try to be unique? And once you get good systems in place, don't be stuck on them. Um, <laughs> you just have to adapt sometimes and, yeah. and change things, I think, to be successful. Again, for, like, the person that's maybe just getting started, what – and just – I feel like I always like to ask this question to agents, like, what would you tell your younger self, like, just getting into the business? Like, how – what advice would you give yourself? So y'all, you know, getting started into this venture, what are some of the things that you learned early on that had you had known, if you knew what you knew now, what would you tell yourself? Like, avoid this, do this. In the sense of like the property management side, not just like real estate in general and investing, I always, the pictures have been one of the biggest things. You know, we, we had cleaners that weren't taking pictures and I trust them a whole wholeheartedly that they would clean this toilet and a guest would come in and say hey the toilet had stuff in it when Mm -hmm. we got here and I'm just like that's not into character so take those pictures cover your butt um just real quick on that so you have the cleaners I think I might have missed that when they're done with a clean they send you pictures of the clean you have them like tell like a checklist like send me the pictures of these things and they send them yes cool yes so like I said I I do it because I want them to cover their own butts. I don't ever want to be like, oh, my gosh, you guys missed this. Because they can just send it to me and say, hey, no, we actually did clean that. I think the biggest advice I would, you know, give myself now starting out, and I have to remind myself of this all the time still, but don't stress the small stuff. Mm. I think it's so easy to do whenever you create something and you're, you're proud of the company you've created. And when something small happens... It almost like you have a bad guest that's complaining. It's almost like this is devastating. Like it's gonna, you know, we're ruined. Like, but that's obviously not the case. <laughs> I like, still feel that. I, way. I don't feel yeah. that extreme about it. But it's just like you're pulling your hair out. You're like, oh, what are we gonna do? I gotta make like, it right. I gotta make it right. You know, yeah. yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Like, and you know, even all the owners know you're not gonna make everybody happy. So I think it's just control what you can control. Do the best you can, and stuff's gonna happen, and just don't sweat it. So if they're like, hey, just so you know, the kitchen light bulb's out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what can I do to fix this light bulb? Right. Yeah, I think it's just inevitable, but I think it's a good, uh, you know, good thing to know. You can't make everybody happy. You can do your best. Things are naturally going to go wrong. You can't. Mm -hmm. You're human. You can't see everything. You can have all the systems in place and still something might slip through the cracks. You just never know. But think that's great advice um truly i believe you know given the market that we're in but at any time you know leaning into property management and finding creative ways to use your real estate license to be entrepreneurial like i think with airbnb you know potentially it's oversaturated potentially there's people that just think they can throw their listing up and it's going to perform well and really it requires more care and so um i think you guys have the right idea i also think it's really cool that you're doing something different and doing a good job you guys have gained a lot of traction in the past year and i'm sure that's just going to continue over the next year or so and that's a wrap i hope you enjoyed today's show 
If you're interested in learning more about what Brendan and Elizabeth have going on, I'm going to go ahead and drop their social in the show notes so you can reach out to them or check out what they are doing. Thank you again for tuning in and until next time.